And if you remember uh, where he lived, he and his wife, Georgia, lived, I think it was, well, I have it written down here somewhere. It's at 3654 and, and 3656 South King Drive. It's a huge mansion. And I think what Lou did was, um, you know, cut it up and, you know, to little kitchenettes. It's something that they used to do in Bronzeville back in the day. And he would have um, renters there, either, you know, single room or an apartment or something. But it's a beautiful building. Joining us on the live line to talk about this kind of um, the zoning change and the little controversy behind all of this with the alderman is Maudlin in here, Jerika. She is a long, long running uh, journalist and also just one of the nicest people that you ever want to meet and award winning journalist. So, Maudlin, welcome back to the show. How you doing? I am well, Sister Perry. How are you? I am so good. It, it is so great to talk to you. Maudlin, I read everything that you do. I swear. Uh, Maudlin has a really interesting story. She had written a book. What, what was the name of your book, uh, Maudlin? Escape from Nigeria, Memoir of Faith, Love, and War. Yeah, this is, is the most incredible story. And the way she tells it, I mean, I was like on the edge of my seat. And I'm, I just hope that you guys are still buying that book. So anyway... Thank you. Yeah, Marlon, you're just great. So anyway, um, uh, an organization, a nonprofit group, bought the mansion, and they want to uh, make it, you know, rehab it and make it into somewhat some kind of museum. And that's been in the news of late because uh, Sophia King has been not so warm to the idea of these um, house museums in her ward, even though she did acquiesce a little bit in the end. So tell us what the, what the controversy is now for the new owners, Miss um, Miss uh, Ford. Uh, what what is what is the, what's, what is she frustrated with? Well, so this is the nonprofit organization, the Obsidian Collection. And it's uh, founded by Angela Ford, a businesswoman who actually stumbled onto the issue of um, digitizing black history um, that is uh, found in our photographs uh, that are taken by black photographers, mm-hmm. black newspapers, such as the Chicago Defender, um, a nonprofit organizations, and individuals who have all of these pieces of our history um, dating back, um, you know, over a century and um, never were digitized properly. And there has been no massive effort to do so. Mm. So she stumbled into this issue when she went to the Defender looking for a photo of her grandmother who had come to Chicago during the Great Migration and settled in Bronzeville, Mm. what was then known as the Black Belt. And she ran a charm school and was frequently covered by the Defender. So um, Miss Ford, who was a black history buff, self-proclaimed, went looking for photos and discovered all these decaying photos. And that's when she said, oh, my God, we've got to do something about this. 
So the Obsidian Collection was launched, and it's a four-year-old nonprofit. And in the uh, uh, fall of last year, she was able to negotiate a sale of the historic Lou and Georgia Palmer Mansion that you have just mentioned Mm -hmm. um, from the current owner. And she went under contract in December to purchase this mansion should she be able to raise the money. And uh, the, um, the, the contract, the loan, the $1.25 million loan, was predicated on her being able to gain a zoning change mm-hmm. that would allow her to, um, to basically rent out the venue, rent out community meeting space, as well as sell coffee and, you know, maybe T-shirts um, as a revenue stream. Mm-hmm. So the house museum controversy came up because, as we all know, Alderman King, not so warm to it, mm-hmm. wanted to limit these house museums. Um, and there were two in her ward. One, uh, um, the childhood home of Muddy Waters, and the other, the um, home of Lou Palmer. And she wanted to limit, um, oh, wait, and then there was a third, actually. Um, That's Phyllis Wheatley's uh, house, right? Yeah, yes. exactly. Okay. So, so, so at any rate, um, there, there's so many. Well, the two in her ward are Muddy Waters and Lou Palmer, mm-hmm. but there's the Phyllis Wheatley house. Right. There's the Elijah Muhammad house. Right. There's the Emmett Till house. So these are some of the homes that would have been impacted by her ordinance. In the end, the ordinance failed. Basically, in the city of Chicago, anyone can establish a museum, library, or archive in their home. But that is not a business, and that is not a revenue stream. Right. How you then are able to establish a revenue stream is through a zoning ordinance. Okay. And through a zoning ordinance change. And that's where we have arrived. So, of course... The Obsidian Collection was under contract to purchase the Lou Palmer home. They talked with the alderman back in November, and she said that the only thing that would be required, that her main concern is community support, and she would tentatively support it. And um, pending that support, so the Obsidian Collection went under contract. And as they became, as the controversy raged Mm -hmm. and then ended with the ordinance failing, the Obsidian Collection had been contacting the alderman regarding getting this chain needed to close her loan. Right. The alderman was not was not was not responding. The alderman was not responding with a date to was not responding with neither a letter of support she needed for her loan nor a date for a community meeting. So the Obsidian Collection went out and met with the Block Club and made a presentation about her project. And the Block Club sent a letter of approval yes. to the alderman's office saying, we totally support this. It fits completely with the historic nature of this African-American neighborhood and all the other historic homes within that block, right. including the Ida B. Wells home, etc. And um, still no letter. In the end, after very, very several efforts 
to obtain um, this zoning change support from the alderman, the Obsidian Collection had to go ahead and change the business model, drop the, uh, the, the effort in order to get the loan and, and close the loan um, with, with the hope that at some point she will get this um, wow. uh, change so that they can begin some sort of revenue stream to pay back the loan. What an odyssey. I, I don't know yeah. if I could, if would have had the fortitude to do such a thing. The building has been, if you guys don't know this, the building has been empty and in disrepair for more than a decade. I can't yeah. imagine any owners on that block not wanting to see this uh, building and this historic home uh, restored to its former glory. And right. uh, this is this is an incredible story. And this is what a lot of our listeners have been saying is that aldermen have too much control over their communities, over the wards that there are, it's just too much. And I think our mayor agrees, and that is why she was limiting different powers for the mayor. I, I don't, I don't even see any logic. I don't see any logic in Alderman King not supporting this. I just don't see it. Uh, it's seven seven three five nine one sixteen ninety. I'll take your calls. We've been talking to award-winning journalist Maudlin in her Rajika uh, with us. And let's go to Eddie Reed. We've been talking about the um, the nonprofit group that bought Lou Palmer's mansion, but uh, they need it needs a zoning change for museum plans. And uh, Maudlin penned the article for today's Chicago Sun-Times. All right, let's go to Eddie. Eddie, thank you for your call. Go right ahead. Thank you so much, uh, Perry. Can you hear me okay? Yes, thank you, Eddie. All right, great. Much respect to you and huge respect to Sister Marlon. She is, she's incredible, and she is in the tradition of a Palmer. I want to be very measured here. We will be releasing a complete written statement before the end of the month. This is the 41st year anniversary of Chicago Black United Communities. Um the community needs to know the story. Let me say real quickly, in 2003, when Sister Georgia came to me with the letter to buy the Palmer property, I took it to Elder Higginbottom because he could, that house had over $100,000 in fines in it, and he was able to keep the inspectors off. Okay. So that story needs to be told, the story of how he put the family in an LLC and put another mortgage on it needs to be told. And But right now, today, what I'm dealing with, I hear all this blackness, blackness, blackness. Under Baba Lou Palmer, I shut down over 100 construction sites. I went to the building yesterday. I have videotape. I have photographs. There's an all-Mexican crew working in Lou Palmer's house. We've tried to talk to the sister. There are young brothers next door. The Garvey Center, the the Moors and Seabuck. I have young brothers. Uh, we've not been able to have a reasonable conversation with Miss Ford, but I don't know today. I'm going to a meeting in a couple of hours to determine how we're going to deal with it. But yesterday, I took a picture and video of an all Mexican crew working in Du Palma, Georgia Palmer's home, 
imagine how that made me feel. Oh, I understand. I know how close you are to uh, you, how close you were to Lou and uh, and Georgia. And every, I mean, they were like everybody's uncle and, and aunt and grandparents and everything else. So, Eddie, yeah, but keep it. Okay, go ahead. Let me say this and get out the way. This is not about me. This is about the integrity and the principles. On September the 12th, 2004, when Georgia Palmer called me at 9.30 on a Sunday morning, I went in that house and found Baba Lou Palmer dead in his room, in his bed, and Spencer Leak. Two people came to that house, Duvanna Jones, Georgia Palmer's dear friend, and Spencer Leak. So this, for me, he can no longer speak for himself. So this is, don't make this about Eddie Reed. I'm going to protect him as an ancestor. We will protect him as an ancestor the way we protected him in life. We see who paid the money for this, a bunch of white folks. Please don't let this be a form of gentrification. All right. Thank you so much, Eddie Reed. And so, Maudlin, what is the next step uh, for uh, Ms. Ford? Or do you know if there has been any uh, talk about any zoning meetings? The next step would be for the alderman to schedule, as she maintains is the uh, the, the linchpin for her, a community meeting. Okay. Um, and so she the the support of the block that the building is on is not enough. She she maintains her process calls for a community wide meeting. That has not been scheduled and that is what Ms. Ford has been pushing for and that's the next step that must happen according to the alderman before she will grant the zoning change. Okay. All right then. Well listen Marlon, thank you so much. How do people follow you on social media? Thank you so much. Please follow me. I am at Marlon I on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. That is at M-A-U-D-L-Y-N-E-I, at Maudlin I. Okay. On Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And one more time, the name of the book. Yes, and the name of my book, thank you so much, Sister Perry, is Escape from Nigeria, A Memoir of Faith, Love, and War. Yeah, guys, you got to read this book. It's amazing. Thank you, Maudlin.